Huh? All right, that's enough. I want to ad lib some more, uh, some more where it says, or ad lib something similar. Where does it say that? I'm not it's, good at reading. After it says, I did it for the chicks, everyone else goes gross or ad lib something similar. Oh, okay, okay. And just go something like, you piece of absolute human garbage. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Dylan, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you steaming pile of goat excrement. My God, you're a crust-covered, mildew-infested sack of human excrement. You pumpkin pie haircutted freak. You Charlie Brown-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> I think we're done. You want to keep? I, you wanna, I think I think we're done. You want to uh, keep doing this and just send him an entire two-hour-long podcast? I mean, the guys from Chaos and Disorder didn't seem to mind. The I cut it fun. down. I cut that. I cut that part out and sent it to him. But I did keep in their script. I don't think I'm going to do that because he's going to try to actually monetize this. Yeah. So we can keep talking if you want, but I'll cut. I'll cut his stuff out of it and send it to him. Well, yeah. I'll, I mean, that's <sighs> what now. Oh, I don't fucking know. I don't even know what my life is at this point. I like it. You know what I've liked? What's that? The last two of the uh, shows we did there uh-huh. for ICS, they were good, but we it was still fun because there was just, just enough to shit on. Yeah. Just enough. Not, I mean, if, if all else fails, we can shit on the crowd. Yeah. But uh, the matches were actually pretty good. I've watched them and like we did actually a pretty good job. We're yeah. actually half decent at this whenever they give us something half decent to do. Yeah, that was remember at at the show last week um at the intermission when we were gone 75% of the show had been like holy shit, you know, we were doing cause I was talking to Josh and I was like you know, I was like three out of four bangers. I was like nothing against the fourth one. It's just they they didn't hit the hit the groove they needed to, and me and him were talking about it. And I was like, I actually me and Dutch were talking about it at the intermission. It's like if you don't give us anything to shit on, we won't shit on you. No, we won't. Like we we won't. Like, I wonder if the people coming in, the new people coming in, have watched it and seen us shitting on things, and are like, I can't give them anything to shit on. Right. <laughs> because they'll do it. Yeah. Because they're not afraid. Yeah. They don't need yeah, this. No, we, we not, <laughs> we, we went in and like within three shows made friends with the top tier of the company. <laughs> and it was just like, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, you don't get to come in here. Match number three. And be like, you know who the fuck I am? No. And that's why we're shitting. We on don't you. care. We don't fucking care. <laughs> Neither of us need this. We, we don't care. Nope. I ain't afraid to fucking get beat up. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to fucking happen. Um, but yeah, like I, me and Josh were talking about it. It's like when there's nothing to shit on, we we go at it. It's like, we, we you know, we're enjoying it. It's not my fucking fault, but, you know, people who have been doing it for 80 fucking years or what the fuck ever they want to claim, and they come out in a pair of sweatpants and a fucking... Uh, goddamn Green Bay Packers shirt and shit to bed for 12 minutes in the ring with a dude who's two years in and has actual potential and then we fucking shit on it. It's not my fault that you assholes want to... I'm talking about... Uh, you, you don't know about. I know you're talking about. Uh, at least I think I know you're talking yeah. about. Uh, would it be uh, yep. on uh, yeah. Just Incredible or... Uh, 
What was that, Bo James? Uh, well, I mean, both of them. The, the Just Incredible Mikey Whipwreck match, uh, that, that was actually- That's the one we get the most compliments for. Yeah, <laughs> because I have not met what, like, even people that have gotten mad at us for shitting on, like, other things, nobody has taken up for that match. You've left it's, us no choice. It's like, I want to go and find the four guys that were the partners- and I just want to be like, hey, this was nothing against y'all. Even as like we were given no information about you, we were told this was a one-on-one, and then here y'all came out here making it a goddamn full table. I was like, fucking, you know, you're out here in your Godsmack pants and your fucking Lakers jerseys and just looking like somebody shook a fucking flea market and dumped out. It's like, first ones to hit the floor, got to fight, you know? Just, yeah. I've been, I've enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed. The, I did the the first one when they came back, but my recording fucked up. Right. With uh, I think his name is Justin Walker. He does it for somebody else. But it was I, I played the heel during that one, and that was that was a lot more fun. Now right. we're, now we're both kind of playing the heel. <laughs> well, I, f- I figured out uh, before we left uh, before COVID hit, and we were doing it. We got. I think it might have been. That six man, where it really just we totally quit doing, you know, straight man in color to where we were both just like, what the fuck are we looking at? And and I've noticed that like on the last show, when it gets going good, we both heap praise on it. It's just I was screaming, book these men at the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the end of just, that one. I, I told the two girls, I was like, I had no fucking right to come in here and do that in front of this 80 person flea market crowd. That one was so hot. Yeah. Um, I did notice that. Have you, have you watched their match on YouTube yet? From where we were sitting. Um, and I, I know, you know, we don't have that live feed like a televised um, big leagues group does when she, when she hits that like flapjack finisher type deal where the ref they had that moment where it was like they thought it was over and it wasn't they botched that finish yeah and because he counted to three yeah and and we the angle we were at we couldn't see that it was botched and so we sold right on and they were like oh no oh shit wait ah but it, but it was in that whole what is that? Probably eight, ten minutes. Five seconds of, you know, us not being on board with everything. Wasn't too shabby. Yeah, I was, I was pretty proud of everybody involved. Um, <clears throat> I really need... Uh, I really need... Uh, what the hell? All right. That's two. Kobe. I really need... Uh, some people that are quote unquote professional on that show though, and other shows that I work on to uh, either be more professional or less professional, just whatever fucking level I'm at compared to them, get to that level. Who are you talking about? Uh, Name names. I'm not naming it. Oh, come on. Um, um, uh, The other company I work for, which I won't name names because they are, they are so, uh, so fucking aggravated that I will not (laughs) stop working for other people. They're not really aggravated. Like I was asked um, when we were out promoing the first show ever that I worked with them. Um, I was like, hey, you know, I'm still working for this company. I'm still working for this person. This lady's still booking me to do stuff. 
you know, uh, whenever we get back full swing, I was like, would you guys have a problem with that? And the across the board, it was, uh, we would prefer you didn't, but, and the but was said like a pickup on this, that we want you more than a, and I responded with, well, this is the only, you guys show is the only one that I'm on camera for. I am merely a disembodied voice. And I use a different name at other companies. I was like, so I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep working for those companies. My, my friends run some of them, some of them, uh, business associates that I've become really close with are running other ones. I was like, I'm not going to walk away from what I'm doing. And it was like a, a moment of kind of being, being like, Oh man, this is going to ruin the plan. But at the same time, I, and I remember like we were sitting at the bar in a fancy spot in town. We had gone to talk to some people I used to work with. And uh, I was just putting the shot that one of them had bought. They'd bought a round of shots, and I was just about to put it up. And I just had this look on my face like, uh, if you want me, boys, that's fine. I'll work with you. But uh, I'm not quitting. And then I just downed the shot and put the cup down. <laughs> just more of this, you need me more than I need you, horse shit that I've cultivated for 20 years. I wouldn't be angry if Josh decided to get somebody else for my, for my role. I don't really care. But. Oh no no! If if Josh came through, like if, if Josh messaged, I want to be us, more professional. And yeah, if, great. If, if Josh messaged us tomorrow and was like, uh, "I'm going with so and so and so and so," you know, uh, Todd Phillips just got fired by the WWE. He's going to do yeah. Dutch's job, and I'm going to get Joey Styles to do Handy's job. I'll be like, fine. Well, I mean, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's a great fucking idea. You got that kind of money? Do it. How did you fire Todd Phillips? I remember he was the only one I liked. Yeah, Todd Phillips was a. I remember, uh, especially him and uh, Graves together were good. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. Th- then the uh, Adric or Advic, I forget how to say the guy's name. He was from ESPN. They made him the lead guy for Raw in uh, two months, and they let him go. Huh. They let him go this week too. They hired Jimmy Smith. I read that. Yeah, who's an MMA guy. Yeah, I guess I guess Jimmy Smith's going to be on Raw because McAfee's on SmackDown. Pat McAfee. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, Nobody I, loves wrestling more than that guy. I haven't watched. I haven't watched it. Uh, Neither have I. Months. I didn't watch Mania this year. It's the first time in twenty fucking years that I didn't. They watch made it too difficult. Yeah, like, made it. Too, we had the nine 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 a month with with the network. I would I would uh, just watch the pay per views. Yeah. And then when I'd get drunk or high or whatever at night, I'd watch something from the 80s. Yeah. And that was that was a great relationship I had with the WWE Network. Yep. And now it's over. I'm not buying Peacock. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not getting it. Uh, somebody uh, Friday at the show, we were talking about it in the back. And somebody was like, well, it's half the price of the network. It's $4.99. I said, that's $4.99 with commercials. I said, yeah, you go the... And they're editing out all the terrible racist stuff from the 80s, and I don't like it. Yeah. Well, the, the, Put a disclaimer up. The, they're editing out everything that has been deemed racist or offensive from the 80s, which is like... Almost every, all of it. Almost all of any it. Any angle with a black yeah, guy. Yeah, let's be any honest about it. Any angle with a foreigner. Yeah, any anything that involves... Uh, fuck, there's going to be nothing with Mr. Fuji in it. No. Absolutely nothing. Sonny Ono was... Yeah. During the 90s, he was all through WCW. Uh, yeah. But Sonny Ono, if... If a wrestler was not white or black, Sonny Ono was walking down to the ring with them doing the whole fucking hand writhing thing. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking, um, yeah, they're, they're taking out. They're, um, somebody was bitching about it in an email. I was listening to Cornette's podcast and uh, somebody had emailed 
the things they were taking down and somebody had uh, somebody had like taken the top 10 guys from the 80s for WWF and shown that Hogan still had like 90% of his stuff but Piper lost like thir- like 35% of Piper's stuff was gone like 48% of Randy Savage's shit was gone um Come on. And it was just because, like, they alluded to this. They alluded to that. I was like, okay, um, true. Roddy Piper shouldn't have painted half himself black to fight fucking. But isn't uh, that a Scottish thing? But what, what, Yeah. Painting half of yourself a different color. Uh, yeah. No matter what, like, it's, it, even, it's even funnier that Andre changed the paint and Piper had to walk around for two weeks with half his body black. That's hilarious. Um, but it's, it's just... I don't think any of that shit was actually fucking racist. You know, well, I'm not going to say any of it. There's a, uh, there there's, absolutely was, there's absolutely racism in that. Um, but I don't think, I think like they, they jumped on it, but it was never presented as a good thing. I don't think. No, it was always the heels doing it. Yeah. It, it was, was never, you know, if anything, John Cena as a babyface made more gay jokes to the heels from like 2006 to 2012 than anybody made a racially charged statement in the fucking 80s. He did. I mean, I, I've not, I, I missed his entire first run before we became famous. Right. But I've seen some clips. I wasn't offended, but I can see why you would be. There was. When SmackDown was still, uh, like when SmackDown was on the CW or whatever, you know, um, and it would be on like uh, Tuesday or Thursday night on uh, taped. I remember there was a big to do. Um, they edited out uh, one of his promos. It was right in the, like at the peak of him being the doctor of thugonomics, you know, which is a, um, a degree that I'm pretty sure Easy E. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, fathered, but whatever. I don't remember exactly what the line was. Um, he, but it was something, and I think a lot of people think it got got edited out because uh, the rumor ran that it was uh something about shitter, but the word shitter never got put in it. Um, he said something, and the follow up line was. Um, and this was like two weeks after the guy had passed away. But he said, uh, I'll leave you on the floor colder than John Ritter. Oh, shit. And it had been like two weeks since John Ritter had died. And like the whole crowd was just like, oh, God damn. It'd be different if he was if John Ritter wasn't beloved by everybody. Uh, yeah. It'd be like like if Charlie Manson had died. And he, he'd be like, I'll leave you. He'd be like, Charlie Manson, you'll be a roadkill critter or something like that. We'd have been like, ah, that's pretty good. But like, everybody loved John Ritter and like the whole crowd was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, who greenlit that? And I remember reading on uh, WrestleZone that uh, was back when I gave a shit. That's just a uh, balls in your court, wrestling industry. Make me care again. Make me. It's fucking, not hard. Yeah, it's not fucking hard. Just put on good matches. They don't even have to have storylines. Just no. make good matches. Just make make me. It's 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 fucking horrible that every time nowadays I hear a soundbite from Bubba Dudley or fucking Jim Cornette, two of the most bitter men to ever walk the planet. I just I'm like, well, they're not fucking wrong. Yeah, Bubba Dudley said it. He was like, it used to be you would watch a wrestling match and you would understand why somebody was hitting the other guy. 
and be like, this is this, this is this. Um, it's a competition uh, to move up the ranks for a championship opportunity. Uh, they're fighting for a belt. This one said this, whatever. He said, now it's just two 20-year-old kids going, move, 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 finish, 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 kick out, kick out, kick out, botch, botch, dive, move, 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 finish. He's like, I don't have a fucking clue why you're in there doing it. Yeah. I can't get, he's like, it doesn't, if you just keep doing fucking moves and don't sell anything, I don't give a shit. And that's how, that's where I am with it. They don't sell anything. They don't sell goddamn thing it's like nobody teaches kids how to fucking sell and, and, and this is coming from a guy who fucking has been watching wrestling since fucking 1980 fucking seven 1983 or four i i remember <clears throat> probably 84 or 85 i'd have been five or six depending on what year right going to the civic center the hills came out one way the good guys came out the other way yep and the road warriors flair was in charleston Flair versus Dusty, Nikita. Right. Everybody's there, and they made it seem like it mattered because I, back then the house shows were what mattered. Yeah, yeah. The TV's the TV show was an advertisement for the house shows. Yeah, you you fucking watched like Flair was never on fucking TV. You he'd know, come out and do a promo. He'd come out and do a promo, and then once every two or three months they would build something, and you would get Flair on TV defending the belt. You know, but yeah, it was always. <clears throat> I'm going. We're going to be here this day or whatever, and like fucking, you the know, cha- the champion shouldn't be on every. It should, it should be like no. Jaws. You never see the fucking shark in Jaws yeah. until it's time to see the fucking yeah, shark. Un- until it's time for the shark to show up and just go hog fucking wild. Yeah. And that's that's why I liked what they did with Lesnar when Lesnar won the belt the first time. And then once Lesnar just repeatedly won the belt and went away with it, I was kind of like, oh, okay. You know, it's funny. I remember everybody shitting on it about a year ago. I guess. Maybe a year and a half, their last Saudi show, Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez. Right. If a wrestling match is supposed to look like a real fight, that should be considered the best match of all time. Yeah. Because it looked like a real fight. Yeah. I've seen their fight. It looked a lot like that, except for Kane won. Yeah. But it got shit on and shit on. I was like, it, oh, yeah. it looked like a real fight. Well, it was like the, the biggest thing for me was uh, Lesnar would get it. Yeah. L- l- when Lesnar got the belt, and went away. It's it's not that Lesnar's part time. Why put the belt on a part timer and all that? It's there's nothing wrong with putting that belt on a part timer because it becomes a bigger deal when he shows up. The drawback was they didn't do a goddamn thing for the under. Yeah, to make up for it. I remember Rollins had the Intercontinental belt, and like the Intercontinental belt started being like the main event of Raw, but. Every fucking week, they'd be like, oh, here, this is this is happening because Brock Lesnar's not here with it. Stop fucking talking about that. Focus on what's going on. Stop telling me, well, we only get to show you this because the other guy's not here to see him do mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, it okay. makes everybody else look like less. Yeah, it, it, it lessens what's going on. And at the same time, no matter how good, no matter what Rollins or Reigns or uh, fucking Daniel Bryan or whatever was doing right then, they would preface it. Actually, they bookend it uh, at the beginning and at the end. Uh, there'd be just this notion that, well, you know, we're only getting this because Brock Lesnar's not here. So even if they made five star fucking seven star Meltzer review matches, it didn't matter because it was silver star, silver medal compared to whatever Brock would have done if he'd have been there. 
Remember that run they did maybe two years ago where every pay-per-view Brock was fighting somebody small? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Whenever uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, um, AJ, Styles, AJ Styles. Finn Balor. He. It's. All of them. Like, uh, those guys are amazing. But Brock making it look like they could possibly. Be, he sells better than anybody. Yeah. When Brock sells, mm-hmm. he sells better than anybody on the fucking roster. And I think it's because he does it so little. It's the shock value of, oh, holy shit. He's like, like when Daniel Bryan kicked him in the balls when the ref was down, you know, and that's why it's what led to the environmentalist Daniel Bryan run, which was great. I like it. I fucking loved that. Um, but when, yeah, when the ref was down and Bryan kicked him in the balls and then, then when Brock was selling the nut shot, he hit him with the knee. There was a, because they, and they had built, I don't want to say they had built. We collectively, as wrestling fans, had built Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call him, uh, had built him properly to ourselves, where we were like, he's got Lesnar down. If anybody can do it, he can do it. It's like, I think Daniel Bryan's always got like the leftover emotional support from when Punk left. Yeah. Because I remember 2000, tail end of 2012, until the tail end of 2014, nine times out of 10 wrestling was fucking awesome to watch in like that 20 to 24 month period. I was at the rumble in Pittsburgh when Batista won the rumble and they shit on it. Uh, the first match on the card was uh, Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. And it wound up at the end of the year for WWE when they did the slammies, they declared that the match of the year. Um, Pittsburgh, anybody from Pittsburgh outside of my friends that run Chaos and Disorder podcast and a couple other people I know, any wrestling fans up there that um, were in attendance live at the Pittsburgh 2014 WWE Royal Rumble, fuck you. Uh, you collectively as a city ruined that fucking show. Um, I get it. I they was, kept chanting CM Punk, didn't they? No, they kept chanting for Daniel Bryan because uh, that was the rumble where Punk went in first. Punk was the first entrant. He lasted to like the last four or five. Um, and at the end, Kane came back and pulled him out, like pulled him over the top rope. Um, it's also uh, po- quite possibly, definitely in the modern era of wrestling, the biggest markout moment I've ever had. Because I'm sitting, I'm sitting, I'm not in the cheap seats, but I'm like, we're like 25 rows up on the first deck. But we're back by the entrance. Like, if there's a picture still of uh, when Punk came to the ring to start the Rumble. They had a camera behind him, like, looking out the entrance, you know, to see the sea of people. And uh, he's down on his knees doing the arms wide open, clobbering time. Um, Scott Stapp on TikTok. Follow him if you're not. It's fucking amazing. He has no idea what pop culture is anymore. It's uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Um, but they got a really good shot of him. And if you look off to the right, you can actually see where I'm sitting. Like you can see me and my buddies Curtis and Adam. And uh, fucking the reason I know you can see us is because uh, he's had weight loss surgery since. But Adam was a large fellow oh, at the at the yeah he was he was a large fellow at the time and he was wearing a uh, brand new I'm talking pristine fresh off the rack the day before white t shirt. 
So he's just sticking out like a beacon of light. And I'm like, oh, there's Adam. So there's me and there's Curtis. <laughs> but it's cool that we're in that picture. Um, but uh, Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt did their deal. And it was it was a really cool finish, too, because he fought off Harper and Rowan. You know, they had become a non-factor. And uh, him and Bray went outside. And Bray was on our side of the ring. And Daniel Bryan, like, beat him down, had him on one knee, and he jumps up and he gets in the ring and he runs and he hits the ropes and comes to dive. And when he goes to dive, Bray caught him in the sister Abigail and hit him on the uh, on the retaining wall, like the, the barrier. I don't like we, we couldn't see how he landed and all that, but like when he dove, Bray jumped up and like caught him and sister Abigail him into the wall and rolled him in and pinned him. And like they got a standing ovation. Like, and that was the moment that that's the match that makes me fucking mad with everything that's happened with Bray Wyatt. Because those guys are still there. It's Yeah, it's like, it's like I'm still watching you. It's like, where is that guy? Where's the guy that fought John Cena at WrestleMania 30? Where Where is that? You know, I know you can do that. It's like, why are they, why is this not what we're doing? Why are you now some sort of <clears throat> dark interdimensional being that yeah. I, with a face? And all. I don't, yeah. I, mean, I don't mind that. If you want to do that, that's cool. I, I love the creepy, I loved the creepy fire, uh, Firefly Funhouse promos until we started getting the fiend every week. I was like, this is, this is less is more with this. It should have been like Demon Balor just every, once every four months. Yeah. And there shouldn't be this big buildup like Balor would do. If I, I'm bringing the demon. I don't fuck. That's fucking stupid. Just fucking show up as that one time. That way you get a huge pop. I think that's a Vince thing. Oh yeah, I guarantee it is. And uh, but no, they did that, and then Pittsburgh just shit on the rest of that show. It was uh, Rhodes Brothers versus the Outlaws for the tag titles. Outlaws won. Actually, pop for that, which they should have because uh, who are the outlaws? Uh, uh, Road Dog and uh, Billy Gunn. Oh, that was when they did that. They came back. That was like the beginning of oh, Triple H is getting all his friends in for paydays because Batista was back. Nash had been hanging around. Sean was doing shit, and it was all this. Triple H is really empowering now because all his friends are back on TV. But uh, maybe, yeah. they just, maybe they just wanted money. Cause. I don't think it was wanted. I think it was needed, um, with the exception of Batista. Because, you know, Batista was, that was, that was when the first Guardians came out. Batista was Drax. Batista is a very good actor. Yes. He is. I mean, I've fucking watched Army of the Dead last week. I weekend. haven't seen it yet, but I want to. So I bad. got torqued up and watched it. I was like, this is, I mean, it's not good, but he's what, good. What fucking zombie movie is good? There isn't one. Yeah. Fucking Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Shaun of the Dead is good. Uh, you ever seen Dead and Breakfast? No, but it sounds amazing. It's a super low budget, not like super low budget. Um, it's if, if you get, if you get it on DVD, which I have it on DVD because uh, when it came out, I was dating a girl that was super into like B list horror movies, C list horror movies. Yeah, like um, uh, I, I can't count how many times I watched Dead Alive with her, and I love Dead Alive, but it came to the point where I was like, Are we watching this again? Yeah, fucking, uh, I kick ass for the Lord, you know, for just, it's great. But, um, I mean, it's the only movie I know where a guy is in a British, is in a, a park in England fighting a baby, just beating a baby off a swing set because the baby's a zombie. 
Did you see uh, Blade Runner 2049? I don't know, Colin Farrell? That's uh, not Colin Farrell, but uh, close. Uh, the guy that was in Drive, uh, The Notebook. It doesn't uh, matter because I, I, I want to talk about Batista's performance in it. Right. Batista was amazing in it. He only had like a five-minute role. No, I know what you're talking about. But he murdered that. it. No. Um, what the fuck am I thinking about Colin Farrell did? Did he do a Blade Runner? Not that I know of. He did The Gentleman, which was very good. That's in tracksuits as well. I, I swear they did it. They did a rethink of Blade Runner, and it was Colin Farrell and uh, Kate Winslet. No, McKinnon. Uh, Kate. Uh, you know he might have been under Underworld. What? Uh, oh, Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Goddamn, she's so fine. Good, sweet fuck. Look, it, I'm not. I'm not body shaming or anything, but uh, just it, it, as Hollywood starlets go, um, her. And fucking Zoe Saldana, Jesus Christ! I don't know which one is more fucking just all around beautiful, in my opinion. I can't decide between the two. They are just both just drop jaw gorgeous. I'm not seeing Colin Farrell in a Blade Runner. There's only two Blade Runners, so this isn't hard. It's Ryan Gosling, the guy. Ryan Gosling, playing. okay. Harrison Ford is of course back in it, right? Because don't they answer in that one whether or not he was a fucking robot? Okay. I'm not going to spoil it for you because it's a very good movie. And it also kept the same sort of theme as you, Blade you're Runner. Not, you're not ruining it for me. You're ruining it for anybody that'll be listening because I, here's a cool thing about me. I don't give a fuck. Um, uh, people can ruin movies. People can tell me down to fucking background information. I will still watch a movie. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't. I don't give a fuck. Um, Just don't tell me when. The thing happens, yeah. But, eh, but still, I would still watch it. Yeah, but nothing bothers me. It's it's like somebody was uh, somebody was mad. We were like eight months after Endgame came out. Come on, and if you don't see that the the day, it's that we at the time, and I feel like it will be quite a while before we make it to that build up of a moment again. But at, in at that time. That was the biggest cinematic happening in the history of cinema. I don't give a shit if you like comic book hero movies or not. Nothing was bigger than that fucking moment when that movie was finally out for the general public to see. We'd been 11 fucking years. We'd been building to this goddamn moment. And when Cap caught Mjolnir or whatever. Jesus Christ. Fucking. I about lost my goddamn mind. I was sitting beside Chuck, and you know how animated he gets in movies. He was like shaking my leg. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Have I told you about being in the theater when we're building towards him finally saying Avengers Assemble? No. Okay. I go. um, I went. I saw it twice in theaters. Once because a girl wanted to go see it, and, you know, I wanted to uh, do things to her. So. With her. With her. Yes. Yes. With her. Thank you, Star-Lord. You are my favorite character. Um, We went. uh, Here we are again where I have to apologize to Pittsburgh. I was in your wonderful town. Um, You're not a city. You're just a town with big buildings. Um, We saw it on one of the the big fuck screens. The IMAX. Yeah. Yeah. Friends of mine from Morgantown and friends of mine from uh, Franklin, PA and stuff. And we all met up. It was like 11 or 12 of us, I think. Um, 
not trying to do a head count, but uh, we go see it. And it's Friday night because I wasn't working Friday night in the bars at this point. I mean, they're they're hanging off the fucking rafters. It's 930 at night. Half the crowd's drunk. The other half is just fuck, just fucking. Ra- There's not a child in sight. It's nothing but 25 and up like just nerds that have been that have lived and died by the last decade of being told what they love is cool. We are sitting there and just all these fuck and it's there's a video of it on YouTube. I'll find it one day and send it to you. I didn't know this guy was was filming the reaction making one of those reaction videos. And just this crowd was so fucking hyped. I was like was better than me going to see The Force Awakens. Because, like, the the crowd, you know, sans what happened as the Star Wars movies went on. I when, loved them the first time I've watched them, but I've never watched them since. I've still never seen uh, number nine. Still haven't watched it. Uh, I, I don't I don't know if I will. I actually. like it a lot, but, like, yeah. I'm not going to watch it again until well, it's, somebody. It's like because me and you and Chuck went and saw uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. And. When we got done and walked out, I was like, is it just me or was there two fucking times in there they could have ended that movie before they actually ended it? You're like, they did everything in that movie. Yeah, I, I literally was like, "Is was nobody on set going, y'all know we got a whole nother fucking movie, right? But uh, went and saw Endgame and we're, we're sitting in here in this theater, man, our little group. And uh, when it gets to you know, on your left and the portals and all that shit, uh, th- th- they're going bananas. And as it hypes up, the guy sitting, uh, Ricky, my buddy Ricky is sitting one person away from me. His uh, wife is between me and him. And uh, he just leans over her and smacks my elbow and goes, catch will say it. <laughs> And this is all in a 20-second span, okay? And I'm just like, yeah. I was like, yeah, we're going to get it, man. And as that goes, like, for me, everything started going in slow motion because of what happened. He goes, Cap's going to say it. And I hear a guy behind me go, oh, shit, he's going to say it. Had they never said it before? No, they. that was an Easter egg thing. They spent all the Avengers movies... Cutting it off like um, uh, Ultron when they get, you know, uh, Vision and Wanda and all them. Uh, at the end, Thor leaves, Stark drives away, um, Widow and Cap go into the facility, and they've got all four or five of the, of like the new recruits War Machine, Falcon, um, and it's like the training facility. And uh, they're talking about how they got to train them to be Avengers level heroes, you know that. And so they go in, they're looking around, and Cap goes, "Avengers credits," and it cuts. So, and, and they had done that a couple times through through the movies. It's like you, you never got to him actually saying it. So it was a big moment for him to actually say it. And the guy behind me went, "Oh, oh, yeah, he's he's going to say it," and it went to. This guy, the guy behind me goes, he's going to say it. And he goes, Avengers. And he goes, say it. And I hear off to the right, somebody goes, say it. 
And right before, and like I say, this is like a four second bit of fucking space. This girl, two rows in front of me, stands up and goes, Say it! <laughs> and he goes, Assemble. And, and look, we were throwing babies in the fucking air. We were like, Yeah! <laughs> Fucking just losing our goddamn minds. But yeah, when he catches me on here, I was like, this is a, this is a callback because Thor does it all. I knew it. Yeah. I was like, this is a callback to the beginning of Ultron where Thor was looking real fucking sketchy when Cap was trying to pick it up. It's like, it's, it's a good fucking setup. But uh, anyway, what started all that? Dead and breakfast. Dead and breakfast. Bring that back around. Um, if you get the DVD... It says uh, Canada's answer to Shaun of the Dead, and it's it's a, like I say it's a B level zombie movie, but it's not get bit and turn into a zombie. It's a storyline. Uh, David Carradine's in it, and uh, what's his face that played Negan or plays oh. Negan? Uh, um, uh, fuck. Yeah, wh- whatever his name is, I don't know. I don't give a shit about The Walking Dead. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I, this year. I watched. Oh, I haven't watched. I bet I haven't watched more than twenty minutes of The Walking Dead. Period. I've read like eight of the comics across the series. I have no fucking clue what happens where. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's the sheriff. That guy rules. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. He's also like eighty pounds heavier than what he is as Negan as the sheriff. Maybe not eighty. I'm probably let's let's say fifty. He's got like 50 pounds on yeah. on what he is now, you know. Um, but he's playing like a small town sheriff and it doesn't have to. It's a, a, a town so fucking small, it doesn't even have a goddamn uh, McDonald's within 30 miles of it, you know. But the uh, storyline is that these are these kids. Kids are traveling to a wedding. They, uh, they either get lost and wind up on a two lane or there's a problem on the interstate and they wind up on a two lane. They're in a motor home. Um, they wind up having to stay in this town overnight and uh, they stay at this little bed and breakfast. David Carradine runs a uh, Diedrich Bader's in it too. He's the, he's probably the best part of the whole fucking movie. Um, they got rules too. Yeah. I love Diedrich Bader. Um, second best Batman voice in my opinion. Um, Bruce Conroy is your first best, right? Voice? Voice. Uh, no, Ke- Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Bruce Conroy somebody completely different. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Conroy is uh, Kevin Conroy's last name and Bruce Wayne's first name that you put together very weirdly because of Batman. Yeah, Kevin Conroy's the best Batman voice. Uh, Kevin Conroy's the second best Batman of all, right behind Keaton. Fucking fight me. Um, I like Batfleck. Literally have not watched any of the Batfleck stuff, and I uh, haven't watched Christian Bale fight uh, Tom Hardy as Bane either. I just I just don't watch these fucking movies. Um, I know a lot of things from sound bites. That's what I fucking know. You know, I know the opening of uh, of Dark Knight uh, Rises or uh, Falls. Rises. Is it Rises with Bane? Is it, it fucking gets ten cents off a gallon with his Kroger card? What the fuck ever the Dark Knight's doing? Uh, I know the whole plane scene, you know, where he's like, uh, he's like, it doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> what the fuck ever. Um, that's a great scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I like Christopher Nolan's movies because um, doesn't matter what it is, you're in it as soon as the fucking movie starts. Yeah. With that one, they're hijacking a plane. They're doing whatever the thing is. You're in it as soon as it starts with um, the Dark Knight. 
They're robbing the bank as soon as it starts. Mm-hmm. There's no build up. There's no bullshit. You're in this fucking movie. In um as uh, what's the what's the first one? The first of the three. Uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Um, literally, you see the scarecrow in like three minutes into the movie. You see the scarecrow in full on deal. I'm like, oh shit, we're already doing this. Mm-hmm. Okay, he does not fuck around. No. In all of his movies, you're in it, and now yeah. you just figure it out. That, that's that's one of the things that I like, Christopher Nolan. And of course, the Joker comparison is always Heath and Jack, but Christopher Nolan and the the two Tim Burton Batmans, because with the original two Batman films, you know, with Keaton, within the first couple of minutes, we're already setting up what the fuck we're doing. It's not, it's not Bruce Wayne at a party, smiling, looking pretty. It's not Jim Carrey losing his fucking mind. It's not, you know, and nothing against Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Fucking, I feel like they did as good a job as they possibly fucking could in that movie. Um, side note, Tommy Lee Jones hates Jim Carrey. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard that story or not. It's uh, apparently um, Jim Carrey found this out the day before they started filming. And uh, he, he had gone out to dinner and somebody there like one of the assistants with him or somebody from the restaurant was like, Hey, Tommy Lee Jones is over here in the other corner of the restaurant. having he's about to finish down with his wife. So he was like, Oh shit. I've never met him. We're about to work. Uh, I'll go over and introduce myself. <laughs> he goes up to the table and goes shake his hand. And apparently according to the story, uh, Tommy Lee Jones shakes his hand and pulls him in real close. And Jim Carrey is giving him the whole, uh, pleasure to meet you. It's an honor to be working with you, blah, blah. And Tommy Lee Jones pulls him in and goes up. Uh, I have no respect for you whatsoever. Jesus, man. And I feel like you are a pox on the acting world. Oh, come on. And I bet he's proved him. He's proved him wrong many times. I, well, God, I'd hope so. But apparently Tommy Lee Jones made some movie. And I don't know. I love Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones rules. Yeah. I, but I don't know his filmography a hundred percent. Apparently he had made some movie that was going to be like his swan song. It was going to be the one that gets him all the awards. And he was convinced. I bet it's secondhand lines. Though he's not in that, so is he not? No, and that I'm came thinking out. of Michael Caine and somebody and, yeah, else. Michael Caine and uh, uh, Robert Redford. No, um, Robert Duvall. Yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah, because I had that movie on DVD and I also watched it when I was in Atlanta two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that that movie also came out in like 2005. So, um, but uh, Tommy Lee Jones had made this movie that was like, like I say, it was going to be the one that the end all beat all. But due to whatever reason, it got put out like he had made it and it didn't go out for like a year and a half, two years. It wound up going out the same summer as Ace Ventura. Oh, my. And so like like the same three week period. And so it just shit the bed at the box office and didn't get any consideration for any awards anywhere. And apparently Tommy Lee Jones to this day blames Jim Carrey for that. Oh, come on. And he's just like, I, I hear a bunch of stories about him being out and shit like that. And like his wife has to be like, he's not a dick. He's just socially awkward. He doesn't, you know, blah, blah. I, I saw a thing too where, um, a guy was interviewing him, asking him about, you know, Hey, do you like doing this? Do you like doing that? Da, da, da. And he's like, no, yeah. It's just but then he asked him about Coal Miner's Daughter, which is a very underrated film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, uh, he said, oh, you, you got to, 
do a lot of work in that. You know, it wasn't stunts. He said, you just got to actually drive the trucks and the bulldozers. And he pepped right up. He was like, oh, yeah, that was great. They taught me how to do. So if you talk about things that aren't acting, Tommy Lee Jones is like, fuck, yeah, I got to do all this. Yeah, isn't he a country boy at heart? Like- yeah, like he's he's from like fucking Arkansas or some shit or Texas. I don't know. One of those places where they where it's like the men are men and the sheep are scared. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I was thinking my favorite movie theater experience probably was Endgame. Right. My second favorite was opening night of Black Panther going to um, Park Place where all the black people go. Right. And watching it with them. And of course they come in late and it was great. Right. <laughs> but you, you everybody's on their phone. Everybody's on their phone. But that's the type of movie you can do that in. Well, right. That does not bother me at all. Yeah. And like everybody's losing their minds during the big fights and everybody's siding with Killmonger as they should have. As they fucking should have. Exactly. <laughs> like you, and of all the fucking villains that are. That is, I mean, we, they loved King T'Challa, but I mean, this guy's got a point. Yeah. He's it's, got a gripe. It's, it's like I, I love when they sit there like, oh, so and so and so and so. But these these villains actually, you know, it's always in the end, Thanos was right. It's like fucking Killmonger. Had a he had super a real fucking gripe. It's, it's like it was Thanos like, was not right because Thanos had the Infinity Gauntlet. Instead of killing half everybody, he could have created more resources. Why do we uh, not discuss that? Uh, <laughs> that's the side of the argument I hate. <laughs> he could have just created more. He could have. Yeah, but, but that doesn't make it fun. <laughs> I've uh, I've been, I've been kicking around this idea, and I know it's so far removed from the end game hype, but. uh I want to make this video, like this two-minute video of um, just, like, my girlfriend or whatever in the scene. It's like, you know, my, 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 or it could be my wife, you know, whatever. Um, oh, my parents are coming, blah, blah, and all this. Da, da, da. Um, and then, it's, you know, your dad's just going to talk shit to me again like he always does. Uh, I I've never stuck to losing weight. I haven't stuck to quit drinking. I don't have a good job. You know, you could, you could, you could work towards that. And then instead of doing better at work, not drinking and losing weight, you get drunk and go looking for the infinity stones. No, I just go, I just go find the infinity stones. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) you just put so much effort into finding these things that are spread out across the universe. (laughs) Yeah, like I put all this effort into it, and then, and then at the end, I, fu- I finally fucking got him, and I put the call. I'm like, ah, you know what I And she she stopped me. She's like, you didn't realize you just wasted seven months of your life for. And I'm like, yeah. And I do the snap, you know, and everything, and fucking. The idea is it like I would use the reality stone. To uh, make her dad and her mom and dad less judgmental of me, <laughs> and it's like right when they knock on the door, I snap. That's I'm like, hey, everything's gonna be fine, baby. And I open it, and then they're not there, and it's just dust floating away. <laughs> and then I just turn and look at her and go, "I see, this is a double win." Just the curb theme plays, yeah. or or the always sunny theme. Either one of those would be good. Yeah, <laughs> like because like my buddy Jeremy, he's been talking about it. I was like, we could be out there, you know, on Volmir trying to get the Soul Stone. And it's like you have to get rid of something you love, and like I pull out a bottle of whiskey and just drop it, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah, I got it. 
Uh, that's that's good. Yeah, I, I, I like I, it. I think it's a good one. You know, um, <laughs> that, realize you wasted seven months. You could have just done things. Shut up! This was way more fun. This was this was the better idea. You can't imagine the things I've seen. <laughs> yeah. There's a talking raccoon out there somewhere. Yeah. It's a talking raccoon. It's a walking tree. There's a dude with a super bad sunburn giving these fucking stones out. <laughs> Got this one from a time wizard. Fucking just okay. I think we've done enough damage. What do you think? I think we do. Yep, a lot of fun. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Go fuck yourselves. All right.